Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through. conversation and it is official Bart's logic as of June the 5th has reached its 10-year anniversary I was originally hoping to have a lot of past guests on uh, an old panelists on but I uh, got railed uh, sidetracked uh, by running for the central committee which unfortunately uh, your host here did not win I lost by a measly two votes 
against a well-entrenched incumbent. Uh, so uh, we'll, we can talk more about that on another episode on, on how the establishment Republicans made sure uh, that their uh, hand-picked uh, folks uh, got a, you know, can get elected uh, against the, the grassroots, uh, you know, reform-minded people here in the Republican Party. Uh, but we uh, are going to have on tonight uh, retired Judge Paul Nally of Georgia, and we'll have Kelly on the line who will be doing the introductions uh, tonight. So this is your show, Kelly. And thank you very much, uh, Kelly, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Hey, Robert. Uh, yeah, so we got some really interesting things going on. There was an election in DeKalb County, Georgia, and the Democrats who like to say that vote counting machines are fine, well, one of their own had problems, and they exposed it by hand counting. So the story I have, and Paul is coming in, is, is uh, this, uh, Paul is going to add a lot more to the story because he's the boots on the ground. Uh, but it's uh, this is from World Tribune. Primary voting machine malfunctions reported in Del- DeKalb County, Georgia, 2,810 new votes. A recount of the May 24th primary in Georgia's DeKalb County shows a difference of more than 2,800 votes between the machine count and the hand count that use um, so use the Dominion software, which the United States Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Agency said is vulnerable to hacking. We'll get to that later about the cybersecurity report. And so and recount was conducted in the District 2 County Commission race after questions were raised over equipment malfunctions. And then the voter registration elections officer, uh, the director, Keisha Smith, issued a press release, and then they eventually counted by hand. And uh, it was county commissioner race between Marshall Orlson, Lauren Alexander, and Michelle Long Spears, who came in third place, and uh, she missed the runoff. But after the hand count, Spears' vote total increased by 3,620 votes. Orson's total by 1,298 votes. Alexander's total increased by 355. After the recount, Alexander and Spears will go head-to-head in the runoff. There's a little bit more details, but I think Paul Nally would would fill in uh, the gaps here. But about Paul Nally, he's a retired judge in Georgia and um, justice of the peace, and I've gotten to know him the last six months. He's helped us also with the COVID-19 research team. He's got incredible um, legal wisdom, if you will. Even though he's retired, he continues to study the law and help people. He also knows about the grand jury. And uh, he has been involved with election integrity in, in years past, and he's been contacted to help whatever legal way they can because there's bigger issues than just this one issue. So, of course, uh, Paul Nelly is a southern gentleman to which – with that introduction, I would gladly turn it over uh, to you, Robert, and Paul. Yeah, we do have uh, Paul on the line. Again, uh, Paul, thank you very much for coming to the show. Thank you, Kelly. Um, go ahead, Paul. Well, I thank you, Kelly, for the intro, but I'm not retired. I'm a former justice of the peace. <laughs> but uh, as far as the DeKalb County situation goes, if you read the news, various news articles that are being published, you, you'll hear all kinds of excuses. 
coming out of the state administration, which presumptively is predominantly Republican. But you got to understand that yesterday, because of the snafu in DeKalb County, there were a group of people who appeared in Chatham County, down at the other end of the state, demanding a hand recount. Now, it just so happens that there is a Mr. Wooten, who is the election superintendent down there, and he made he is reported by uh, Georgia Public Broadcasting as having made the statement. The exact wording from the uh, state said, and I quote, hand recounts are not authorized under Georgia law. And that's what he told the people down there. Now, the problem is when I go read 21-2-495, you have to note that there is, in that statute, the word recount is used. But it does not say machine recount, nor does it say hand recount. What it does say is that it is the election superintendent's discretion. So here we have an election superintendent who is simply parroting the lies passed down to him from the Secretary of State's office, misrepresenting the language of the law. And it, it just boggles the imagination that we have reached a point in our if IQs that this people cannot read this simple English language and understand it. So uh, stop the bus back of the train, raise the Titanic. They did a hand recount in DeKalb. There's problems. And then you go to Chatham, and somebody from the Secretary of State's office is saying, Georgia law doesn't allow this. This is ridiculous. It is. It's an outright lie. It's, it's the, the statute, the legislative language clear, makes clear. It is the election superintendent's discretion. Election superintendent in the county, not the secretary of state. As a matter of fact, we have another statute, uh, 21-2334, which makes it plain that an election superintendent in the county has the sole final discretion whether or not to use an election machine at all. He can make the decision that paper ballots will be used and they will be hand counted. That's the law. But you've got a bunch of... Uh, Ne'er do wells who somehow or another managed to pass a bar exam, and uh, they just haul off and tell any kind of lie they want to, and people believe them. They won't go read it for themselves. Now, what's there? Something well, you know, else. There's something else. Let me explain this. There's something else you got to understand. When this lady, I think her name was Spears, when she went to finally went to 
DeKalb County. You got to understand that DeKalb County is one of the uh, predominantly Democrat-controlled counties, uh, it and uh, Gwinnett. So here you have a situation where a Democrat walks in and complains about a vote count, and what do they do in a Democrat-controlled county? Man alive, hey, y'all, we're going to work overtime. We're going to hand count. And they did. So there's something you can count on here in the state of Georgia. Number one, Democrats are going to take care of Democrats. But then so are the Republican in, in the administration. It's you know wow. it's finally reached the point now where people need to really back up and ask themselves: Do I really want to call myself a Republican? Do I really want to call myself a Democrat? Do I want some educated fool sitting up here in the hierarchical chair of this party's administration tell me? what I'm going to do, when I'm going to do it, or is it time that we all buckled down and did our own due diligence? And I'll yield. Wow. So if he's going to sue, you know, the Secretary of State saying you can't do hand count, he's not going to win. And here's why. Historical precedence. Pennsylvania Supreme Court struck down uh, boxes. And they went into quite a lengthy history of how voting in Pennsylvania was, even back in the 1700s. And so when you have history as a precedent, it's not going to win. So they can say what they want, but hopefully the uh, Chatham County will stand up. Would you mind telling us about the Chatham County Grand Jury in the late 1700s, what they did when they found election fraud? Uh, I'll I'll try to be brief with that. Thank you for bringing that up. In uh, uh, in January of 1791, there was a congressional re- election, which included three count. I believe it was three counties in South Georgia, Lower District Georgia. The Chatham County Grand Jury got wind that there was some uh, skullduggery going on in that election. And so they managed to acquire some affidavits from persons who witnessed what was going on. On the basis of those affidavits, that grand jury returned presentments against everyone who was named as an offender. They then sent their presentment to the legislature of the state of Georgia with the instructions that the legislature was to impeach every person listed, which the grand, which the state legislature did. Not only did they impeach all of those persons named, which had the effect of removing them from office, but not only did they impeach them, one of the individuals named was a sitting Superior Court judge in Chatham County. Not only did they impeach him, they removed his United States citizenship. And, and when the United States Congress got word 
about that grand jury presentment, they started their own. They appointed a committee to investigate. That committee came back with the finding that, yes, there was malfeasance in that election, and the Congress removed the newly elected representative from his seat and reinstalled the previous losing candidate as the representative. Then they weren't through. Then they turned around and sent a notice to the governor of the state of Georgia, uh, you had a bad election, you need to lick your calf over. And guess what? The governor of the state of Georgia immediately issued his warrant for a new election, and a new election was held. Now, that's what power a grand jury has. And the nice thing about Georgia is that after two years, after 24 months, before these ballots can be destroyed, they must be placed in front of a grand jury. Well, any grand jury in the state of Georgia, when those ballots are laid in front of them, can order the election superintendent to do a hand recount. Wow. Wow. So election fraud was early in our nation's history. The Constitution was ratified. The country is only a few years old. 1791, some people started cheating. Oh, it was the Republicans. The Republican Party didn't exist in 1791. (laughs) (laughs) So whatever party they were with, it's happened early on. It will continue unless we have mechanisms and accountability in place. Yes, absolutely. So are you at liberty? you got to stop and think about this for a minute. A bunch of people get together, and they conspire and say, well, we're going to steal this election, and we're going to be the ones in power. Well, what they don't seem to understand in the first place is the power doesn't rest with a politician in this state. In the hierarchical structure of power under our Constitution, the citizen is at the top. The grand jury is next, and then the sheriff. Anybody else comes after that. So uh, you've got to understand the people here need to understand the power resides with your grand jury. So go problem to the grand jury. You have that right. That's in our Constitution. We have the right to petition, and that includes the grand jury. Tell us about a recent petition you sent in, if you're at liberty to do so. Yep. Absolutely. Not on, and, and here's the beautiful part about Georgia, and there's case law on this from uh, 1886 that's never been overturned. When Justice Hall wrote in dictum in a case of Henry Lester, which, by the way, came out of Chatham County, uh, that it is the right of any person or individual of lawful age to come forward and prosecute for offenses against the state. That means... You've got a choice. You can be a complaining witness or you can stand in the place of a state's prosecutor. You can present the entire case, all of the evidence, question all of the witnesses right there in front of Almighty God and your neighbors who are sworn as grand jurors. 
Wow. And, you know, I can't see why in the why in the heck people just don't. Well, of course, as I'm often fond of saying, I, the whole problem goes back to education. I mean, it really does, because the educational system of our nation and the educational system of this state, both of them are equally culpable in this matter, but they have done an absolutely marvelous job in educating this people to the maximum level of their acceptable ignorance. <laughs> I call it perpetrating ignorance upon the American people. And, yeah, I want to ask you about your recent petition to the grand jury, and then also want to get into you have some contacts there in uh, DeKalb County that have, have looked into this, and they reached out to you. And So what, what what's going on with the other county where you submit a petition? Well, uh, the petition that we sent down to Miller County, uh, I'm waiting to hear from the foreman there. He should have received it in the U.S. mail yesterday. So needless to say, uh, he's probably going to have to get some legal advice about what he's supposed to do, which all he needs to do is read his uh, oath of office and he'll tell him what he needs to do. But, you know, some people have a problem reading the English language, so I'm sure he'll get some advice, and we'll probably hear from him in the next couple of days. But one other thing that has come, and and it's not just in uh, it's not just in Chatham County, but there's a, a lady down here just south of me who was a congressional candidate, and because of what happened, and by the way, you've got to look at the details of what's being reported about the snafus in uh, DeKalb County. It, it's not as cut and dried a matter of of uh, too little time, too many people being overworked, being stressed. It, it's not that. There, there are some other facts that need to be looked at. But at any rate, Ms. Uh, Sharia Ivey, a uh, congressional candidate uh, who, who also lost in her election, is starting uh, an encouraging drive among all of the congressional candidates who were losers to demand hand recounts in their districts. So it's going to be right interesting to see, especially especially when the law does not prohibit hand counting. Hand counting is, like I said, under this law, Section 495, discretion of the uh, superintendent of, local superintendent of elections. So we'll see what we shall see about that. Well, what I'm seeing, I've been working on election integrity oh, even before 2012, 2011. And I go to the supervisor's meeting here in the county, and there I have some concerns, this concern, that concern. The 2020 election and the Donald Trump situation uh, has woken up a lot of people. A lot of people are getting busy. They're rolling up their sleeves. They're getting their hands dirty. And it's very encouraging because I certainly hope we solve this problem. Um, in Georgia, the Secretary of State just, uh, he seems to have some kind of problem. Well, they all have but, a problem. They, they, the, and the problem is this. And one of the reasons why it's so hard to get to a grand jury uh 
I myself have been put in jail three times for trying to get to a grand jury. But, (laughs) (laughs) But the reason that it's so hard is because once your foot, once a citizen's foot goes in front of that grand jury, that door is shut. And not even the district attorney can come in, unless, of course, he's invited in by the grand jury or to provide them with legal advice. But if you're smart, when you go in, you immediately inform the foreman that the district attorney is to stay out. Now, they, if, they don't, if they need legal advice under our law, they can subpoena any attorney in the county. They can subpoena any law professor they want. And if they're available and willing, then they can become the legal advisor to the grand jury. So the grand jury needs to understand that. They need to understand that they are not the servant of a district attorney. They are not the servant of a charging judge. They are their own. The best way to describe a grand jury in Georgia, they are an Article One court of inquiry. And there's plenty of law to back that up. So well, I, so my uh, my dream is grand, a grand jury somewhere that <clears throat> there's suspicion like Georgia has Dominion, uh, several counties in California have the Dominion machines. The grand jury would issue a subpoena. They'd grab the vote counting machine. They can retain, at least in California, and and pay a computer expert machine and find out any problems. Absolutely. If the grand jury knows its power, they can grab ballots. The grand jury can grab ballots and start counting. That's their power if they know their power. On the face of this earth, there is no greater power than a fully informed grand jury, and they are the most feared. And the reason they're feared is, as I was about to say a minute ago and I got sidetracked, but once your feet go in front of that grand jury and the, and the district attorney is sitting there, is instructed to go sit in his office and sip on a cup of coffee and have him a donut, and they'll call him when they want him, uh, which is what they can do. He doesn't have a clue what you're talking about. He's not privy to the evidence. And the sad part of it is some of that evidence could be about him. So right up front, he has uh, an interest in being in that grand jury. But it it may not be the district attorney you're talking about. You might be talking about the, the superior court judge. You may be showing evidence that he's a thief and a traitor. Did you know that several years ago in Decatur County, I'm sorry, DeKalb, <clears throat> Decatur is like a big city, DeKalb County, the judge that impaneled the grand jury was given quite the lashing, and I, I'm trying to remember if it was an indictment or a suggestion for removal from office. The very judge that was Impaling the grand jury, the grand jury investigated that judge and says, you're out. <laughs> That's the power of the grand jury. Grab ballots, start counting, grab a machine, tear it apart. Let's see what we can do. Um, yes, in the proper performance of the duty of a grand jury, every knee in the state bows to them. 
every knee. No one is exempt from the grand jury. But even the grand jury, when they are not in the performance, proper performance of their duties, they also are held to answer. Uh, there's a federal case on that, uh, U.S. v. Calandra. Yeah, I think it was uh, Justice Powell made the observation that the grand jury itself may not violate any valid privilege, whether established in the Constitution, the statutes, or the common law. So grand jurors need to understand they have the highest office in the state. Uh, and federal grand juries do, too, by the way. Uh, federal grand juries are essentially as powerful as a Georgia grand jury. But the problem there is, is you, once again, you have ordinary citizens who, well, I shouldn't call them ordinary, but some of them act that way. Uh, but at any rate, they walk in, they're dumber than dirt about what their duties and responsibilities are. Their minds were wandering when the judge recited their oath of office, and they agreed to it, so they weren't paying attention. They don't recall what their oath said they could do or should do. And uh, consequently, they just let U.S. attorneys ride roughshod over them, lead them around by the nose, just like, a, just like you'd lead around some cows or herd of cows or just like you'd lead around some pigs with that ring in the nose. And they don't understand what they don't understand the travesty of what they're not doing. But I'll shut up and yield. So with uh, COVIDCon and beyond its website, uh, I have frequently asked questions I put together about a grand jury. If people have questions, what is their power? Are they independent? Absolutely, they're not a part of the court. U.S. versus Williams, other court cases. They can tell the prosecutor, shut up, sit down, we'll call you if and when we need you. Yeah. Just go, go to your office and have a cup of coffee. Um, so there's this enormous power. Everyday people have to hold government accountable. About every session of Congress, a congressman is indicted by a federal grand jury on average. During Trump's reign, it was uh, uh, Duncan and another one, one from Southern Cal, one from New York. Um, I want to get more into elections and how – Dominion is able to convince people how their machines are the best thing since sliced bread. Um, they have all sorts of tricks that convince poll workers. So I did some poll observation last night <clears throat> at our California primary. Local precinct just walked there. And, of course, I want to say nice things about the poll workers. Why? Because they're volunteering. And yeah, they get paid like $200 for 14 hours, which is less than minimum wage. And they're exhausted, but they're trying to do what's what's right, what's good, and what's helpful to our community. So they're, you know, wonderful people. Uh, but they just don't know what's going on underneath their nose. That's true. So, yeah, here in Siskiyou County, I doubt if there's any problems because we're small potatoes as far as population in California. You're correct. So I doubt if, so I doubt if there's anything, any wrongdoing or deliberate wrongdoing. But when you go into the cyber world where people can't see, it's like, have you ever been to Uranus? No. Then how can you tell me what's on the planet Uranus and what it's like? Uh, well, how can you tell me what's going on in these machines? So I asked poll workers, I 
been doing this since 2012, or where I go uh, observing at the polls. And I ask some questions and a couple follow-up questions, you know. I start with a real general one, and as the lady was done feeding in ballots into the Dominion ice machine, that's where you add the precincts, you feed your ballot in, okay. And do you believe in these machines? I'm going to start with a simple question. Do you believe in these machines? Oh, yeah. Do you believe they're 100% secure? Yeah. Do you believe they're 100% accurate? Yes. Do they have zero vulnerabilities? Yeah. Okay. Are you a computer programmer? Mm-hmm. She caught where this was going. And yeah. uh, so she points, oh, that guy over there, the poll worker there, yeah, he's a, he's a computer programmer. So I went over there, introduced myself to him. And what I get over and over and over is that the poll workers are buying this out of belief. None of the poll workers, not even our county election official, has looked at the software of the Dominion machines, has not looked at any hardware or anything. You can't. Why? Because the Dominion contract says you cannot look at anything. Uh, You can do the logic and accuracy test that we give you. Really? It's like a contractor telling a building inspector, oh, yeah, you can come and inspect the house, but not that corner over there. <laughs> and I'll do a test for you on the rest of the house, but over in that corner, you know, you're the building inspector? No, I'm the contractor. You're not going to inspect that corner of the house. When did we get so backwards? So anyway, so but the poll workers over the years, yes, they have this confidence. So I, I go to the computer programmer guy who's programming since the late – 60s in um, assembly language <laughs> and other languages. And I say, yeah, I'm a programmer too. I'm trying to connect with him there, and, you know, some of the similar languages we, we programmed in. So then I start with the questions. Are these 100% secure? He said, yes. Are they 100% accurate? He said, yes. And as a friend of his, it looked like they were friends, actually, another poll worker. He was standing by and, and, uh, and then the guy cut, cut he cut me off, and he says, "There is no modem. There are no Wi-Fi's." I'm like, "What? I didn't ask that question." <laughs> he just volunteered it out of complete nowhere. There is no remote access devices. Oh, well, that's interesting. I think you okay. just indoctrination. Yeah, well, that's what he was doing because he believed. Believed. The keyword is belief, not. First-hand knowledge, not from facts, not from researching things. I can't say that there are uh, remote access devices in the machine. Why? Because I haven't looked at the machines. I can't say that there are. He cannot say there is not unless he has done a forensic audit of the machine, but he's there. And so I'm asking, oh, so this is by belief. Yes, and his friend said, his friend said, anybody goes, oh, you know, we count the number of ballots. And I watched him do that as a poll observer. And the number of ballots always lines up with the number of ballots on the, the dis- machine scanned. Oh, okay, so ballots in the machine equal ballots that you counted. Okay, that's not a hard thing to do as far as computer, but what about the votes and correctly counting them? So 100% secure, yes. 100% accurate, yes. How about zero, vulnerable, zero vulnerabilities? And that caught him off guard, the computer programmer and his friend. And he says... Well, there's always vulnerabilities. I want to reach out and shake his hand because he is the first poll worker that got it right. All the other poll workers, no vulnerabilities. Yeah. He just contradicted himself by saying 
100% secure, but then he says there are vulnerabilities. You can't have 100% security and 1% vulnerability. And I went to the contract and all sorts of things, and I saw all sorts of problems. I educated him and said, look, state law requires every component of the Dominion machine must be certified by the state. Now, I know the Dominion software itself has been approved, but these machines are made by Dell, and the motherboard, the microchips, the hard drive, the video card, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, I have never seen a certification on this. Theoretically, under state law, it's illegal to use these machines. And so then you know, he's like, well, I don't really know much about the law, and I don't know much about that Dominion contract either. So well, you might want to look at it. You know, I'm trying to be pleasant and polite because they are – Serving, but he was issuing propaganda. And I finally asked him, so this 100% secure, this belief, 100% secure, 100% accurate, zero vulnerabilities, is this from fact, from your investigation, or is this from your belief? And he came out with a general thing well, it's been pretty secure. Have you heard about CISA? Uh, cybersecurity and infrastructure. Security Agency, they've recently come out and stated that these machines are vulnerable, Dominion specifically. I want to get into that in a little bit. I explained that. I said, hey, DeKalb County, Georgia, they did a hand count against the Dominion machines, and the machine was flipping votes. Now, he was – the computer program was still kind of stuck on, on his belief. His friend was like having this facial expression of, oh, Oh, I didn't think about this. Oh, this isn't pleasant to hear. And another poll worker just happened to be listening, and she was starting to have that paradigm shift look on her face of, oh, my, um, I didn't really think to ask these questions. And that's what's frustrating about poll workers. Yes, they're, they're wonderful uh, community-serving people, but they don't even know what they don't know. They don't even know the right questions to ask. And they're out there telling the public, oh, yeah, these machines are absolutely fine. That's not fact from an investigation that is belief so you believe something and you propagate it to the public to the voters and this is continuing to happen where we're still using the machines last year around this time about uh, we, we packed the supervisor's chambers and people called in on zoom plus the phone line and for about two hours the supervisors heard do not renew the dominion contract do not fund Dominion anymore, and they did not. The next day after – and our county election official, Laura Bynum, was there. She heard this, all these complaints. The next day, she unilaterally by herself renewed the contract. The contract was signed by the Board of Supervisors. Somehow Dominion and their lawyers got her to, to sign the renewal contract. I can't do that with a client as an engineer. I can't have Bob sign the renewal for Dave when Dave's paying. Like, come on. I, but somehow, legal trickery. And so we we have a lot of problems, and we we don't understand. But here we have DeKalb County, Georgia, the Democrats did a recount. Houston, we have a problem. And were there other things that you were investigating with this team, or are you not able to tell us at this time? Well, there are other uh, – there, there's one primary – well, actually, there's two primary investigative teams. One is Voter Georgia, uh, an organization by the name of Voter Georgia, and another one is the True the Vote. And uh, 
between the two of them, they have generated more than sufficient evidence to lead a, any reasonable and prudent individual to understand that, yes, there was malfeasance uh, in the 2020 election. And now, with this uh, garbage going on down at the Secretary of State's office here in Georgia with this DeKalb County election, uh, it you know, the, the stench is just getting worse by the day, seriously. And one, now, if anybody wants to know about one, is there one piece of evidence that that appears to be irrefutable that would cast DeKalb County's situation in a bad light? Let me call your attention to one vote, and you're the one, Kelly, that brought it up back in the beginning of this discussion, and that was that one of the individuals in that race had X number of votes. I don't recall the number. But what you said that was significant was that after the hand recount, he lost a 1,000-plus. Now, here's my question. If the machine counted that he had X number of votes, Where the hell did those votes go, that thousand and something votes go, that he didn't wind up with at the hand count? Well, let me, let me give the numbers again. So it was a total of 2,810 uh, new votes, and it says that Spears' vote total increased by 3,620. Right. Orson's total decreased by 1,298. Okay. Alexander's total increased by 355. Now, hold, hold it with Orson. Hold it right there. Now, if the machine counted X number of votes for Orson, when they did the hand count, where did that number disappear? Why, why did it decline by 1,000 votes? Well, Okay, let me explain this. Uh, well, let me explain how this works, okay? So it, it's just called vote flipping. A vote for Spears would go to Orson. So Orson lost 1,298 votes. If it was flipping from Spears to Orson, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, you wait would a have we, – We can't speculate. We, we have to look at the figures, X number, and then the next count. X minus a thousand. Okay, right. what happened? Well, if you can't get inside that machine, if you can't get inside and analyze all those algorithms, then there's no way to know for a fact, a provable fact. You got to understand. I, I deal with, I deal with facts. So if it's a fact that his Vote total declined. How the hell did that happen? You take votes from one candidate and give it to the other. Well, yeah, but that's speculation. Let's tear that machine well, apart to hell with whatever uh, Dominion's contract says. Tear that machine apart and find out. Well, here's, here's one thing they found, because it could have been a hack remotely with remote access software. They have found PC Anywhere in other vote counting machines 
They uh-huh. have found the Prino, the Prino law firm in Michigan. They got into one of these machines and they found a Wi-Fi card on it. Um, but oh. you also have somebody standing right there at the machine, who knows when, and they got into the Microsoft SQL database. Because that's how they manage the data. Microsoft, yeah. Bill Gates, yeah, uh-huh. So what was found out um, in Michigan with the SQL database, I think it was Michigan or another state, but I'm pretty sure DePrino's team is really, really exposing a lot. Um, a person can get into the SQL database, change the votes. Sure. And then no one would ever know because the Dominion software, the log would not show somebody getting into the SQL SQL database. And don't forget and, the QR codes. Yeah, the QR codes at the whole other um, – let's stay on this one for now. So the law, Dominion log, okay, here's an example. <clears throat> uh, you print out the log. Okay, machine started at 6 o'clock a.m., polls open at 7. All right, logic and accuracy test completed at 6.30. Okay, first vote comes in, 7.05, votes throughout the day. Then you do the shutdown process, and it's, you know, 8.05, machine shut down, downloaded to the mem- removable memory card. And you can print this log out of what happened all day. If someone gets into an, the SQL database, it's not in the Dominion logs which means somebody could have walked right up to that machine, who knows when or how or who or what, and just quickly ran some numbers, zip, 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 done, change the results, and you have these terrible discrepancies. Now, in this situation, it's possible that the Dominion software is fine, it's vulnerable, and somebody can change the database. But again, that would be a security issue that Dominion failed to provide the appropriate securities on their machine. Correct. There's multiple possibilities of why this happened. Well, we would hope that these machines would be torn apart and whatever else can be found, it's beyond disgusting. Um, But we're going to start to see more stories. Wisconsin is having problems. Michigan, that's getting exposed. Pennsylvania is having some victories. Georgia, of course. Arizona, oh, Arizona, they have this idea, no more ballot drop boxes. You show up, you show your ID, you get one ballot, and there's only one day for the election. The Senate is wanting to push this through, and it would be very successful. But they don't have the votes from the Democrats. The Democrats in the Arizona Senate are saying, no. Now, that's frightening. Well, right now, there. when you get a bunch of politicians messed up like that, now it's time to go to your grand jury and say, look, grand jury, you, you, need, to, you need to tell these politicians what to do. That's, that's what a grand jury is good for. Nobody in their right mind is going to listen to a grand jury presentment telling them what to do and then look at that grand jury and say, well, you can go pound grass because I ain't doing it. Well, guess how long it's going to take you to wind up in jail? Yeah. And yeah. stay there until you change your mind. Subpoena power backed by, well, by a judge. 
contempt of grand jury is really theoretically, but it's also contempt of court. You don't show up with documents, with whatever. So, yeah, there's ways to solve these problems. Just the American people need to know about this. I mean, I've been before a grand jury at my own request. This is 2016. I wasn't prepared as well as I should have been. The next time I get in front of a grand jury over this, I'm going to give them a list of 50 questions. Here's the questions you need to ask. You know, I'm I'm doing your work for you. Ask these questions. Here's what it should be. Anything else? We got a problem. Go through one, two, three, four, five, fifty questions, and you're going to hear from election officials. I don't know. I don't know. The state says it's secure. Really? Now the machines in California get thoroughly um, investigated by the Secretary of State's office, called the OVSGA Office of Voting System Testing Analysis. All right. Those machines do that are stuck in maybe a warehouse in Sacramento. Once they're approved, those machines get shipped from Omaha, Nebraska, where Dominion's headquarters is. So, yeah, I will agree with the state. You guys went through those machines in your warehouse with a fine-tooth comb. Great. But those machines ain't in Siskiyou County. We got a direct machine from Omaha. How do we know something has not been changed? Or what about in transit? What about just a simple vulnerabilities right there? Oh, we, we can't look at it, says the contract. Well, you know, entering into contracts like that is just plain stupid. I mean, you know, you got to have been last in your class in law school to let a contract. <laughs> <laughs> so if all of a sudden every county in this country that had electronic vote counting machines, which is over 95%, if they said, we're going to cancel the contract, we're not going to fund you. Oh, here's a new contract, open source software. We are going to be able to have our county computer experts examine these machines, open source, open notes, open equipment, so we know if any of these parts come from a foreign country. Guess what? Dominion, ES&S, and Heart Civic are not going to be leasing their machines, and they're leased. They're not owned by the counties. Oh, and by the way, here's another thing that this guy volunteered when we, the computer programmer uh, poll watcher last night. Another thing they volunteered. And there are no foreign parts in these machines. <laughs> like, I didn't ask that. Why did he volunteer that? And how does he know he can't know? When I ask these questions, as a poll observer, people can do this themselves. Are they 100% secure, 100% accurate, zero vulnerabilities? Now they're going to say, yes, 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 everything's fine. Are you a computer programmer? They'll say, well, no. You know, nine, 990 uh, poll workers out of 1,000 would say, no, I'm not a computer programmer. Okay, now if you are a computer programmer, done a forensic audit of these machines, no, then how can you make these statements? Well, if you it got comes on, down to belief, not facts. It's belief, not facts. Who's telling them this stuff to believe? Well, it's so frustrating. Well, it is. And, and, and what you have to understand is, is the supporters of this kind of malicious corruption, they're, they're good at uh, artfully crafted deceptive advocacy. And But now that – now, let me explain. Oh, now – Mentioning that reminds me of another issue that a grand jury can look at, 
and that is these news medias and these social media platforms where they had people just coming out adamantly, word after word after word, denying, oh, there ain't no evidence. You don't need to be doing that. There ain't no evidence. Well, let me tell you something about your First Amendment right of speech. Now, you have, an, you have in, in this nation a First Amendment immunity from criminal and civil prosecution for the use of speech unless malice is involved. So if you are being, if you're a news media and you are continually harping to the public, y'all don't need to be investigating this. There ain't no evidence. And you keep on and you keep on. That is an abuse of your liberty. And you can be held liable. The print media and the social media can both be held liable for obstructing justice, for adversely influencing grand jurors, trial jurors, or witnesses. That's another thing a grand jury could look at and return indictments on. Now, I'll hush. I think our, you know, I think you and I have pretty much commandeered this conversation. I, I'm sure our host would like to probably jump in at some point and ask a question. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd like well, to read, Robert. Yeah, we did, we did have some callers here. I, that, that was probably reluctant of my, uh, on me to, to interrupt. Uh, CISA report, Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Administration. Okay, so this is from the Gateway Pundit, and I went to the actual report from the feds, and, I, and it's confirmed. All right, so it's, here's a headline. This is on June 3rd, obviously last week. Headline, huge CISA releases much anticipated report on Dominion voting machines reveals software is exploitable and attackers are able to insert malicious code to alter results. CISA released its much-anticipated report on Dominion voting machines on Friday afternoon before the weekend. Last Saturday, CNN admitted that Dominion voting machine software has flaws that can be exploited. Federal authorities finally admitted to this truth last Saturday during the long holiday weekend. The same officials who did not inspect the machines after the election told CNN that there is no evidence that the machines were tampered with. And there we go again. People say, but they've never done the investigation. They're operating on belief, not facts. All right, so the Gateway Pundit has been reporting on Dominion for two years now. It appears officials are finally catching up on something we already know. The report shows 
the software could be leveraged by an attacker to gain elevated privileges and to install malicious code. Here it is from the report. 2.2.2, mutable attestation or measurement reporting data, something CWE-1283. The text, the tested version of ImageCast X's X on-screen application functionality beyond self-attestation mechanisms. An attacker could leverage this vulnerability to disguise malicious applications on a device. I just mentioned the SQL database. From, all right, so 2.2.3, hidden functionality. The tested version of ImageCast X has a terminal emulator application which could be leveraged by an attacker to gain elevated privileges on a device and or install malicious code. And it looks like a group has been assigned to this vulnerability. All right. 2.2.4, improper protection of alternative path CWE424. The tested version of ImageCast X allows rebooting into Android safe mode, which allows an attacker to directly access the operating system. An attacker could leverage this vulnerability to elevate, privilege, escalate privileges on a device and or install malicious code. And to all three of these points, they have um, an investigation team has been assigned to this vulnerability. Now, what I notice here is they're only discussing the Dominion software. What about the hard drive, the motherboard, other components? Because with electronic chips, you have a thing called firmware. What is firmware? Firmware, well, software, start with software. Software, you can see it on screen, okay? You, you type it in, you see it on screen. Firmware is software that's embedded into a chip. Your car with your electronic ignition system and other electronics in your vehicles have firmware. It's embedded software. They didn't mention this. And so what are the vulnerabilities? Yes, they're there. And I love their term, terminology, vulnerable. They didn't say it was hacked. They said it was vulnerable. And that's the best approach we have is to say there's vulnerabilities. There are vulnerabilities. And when somebody can capitalize on these vulnerabilities, that's when we have a problem. John McAfee, the McAfee antivirus, he said there is no computer that can be made 100% secure. There is no machine that can be made to have zero vulnerabilities. There are experts in this. I actually talked with one several years ago. He works on military bases. He cannot leave this country. He's that good. And he would patch up any vulnerabilities. And he was the kind of guy that other computer security experts couldn't figure out. I'm sorry, when the other experts couldn't figure it out, he would be called in. And he patched this and patched that. He found out how whoever, whatever way they were they were getting in. And one of the things, concerns I have, if we use these machines, well, then we should have computer security protocols. The county election staff and or poll workers should be trained to have a minimal amount of computer security protocols. Now, even if they have a manual on computer security protocols. Oh, guess what? We don't have one here in Siskiyou County. Then I know of, even if you have a manual and you have training, are they following computer security protocols? Back in 2016, the grand jury of Santa, Santa Cruz County uh, noticed, hey, we got a problem here. Sure, you have an isolated central tabulator, and that's fine. It's in a locked room. It's, you know, they treat it as sacred. 
and you go in there and you, you know, a removable memory card from many other precincts, and you tally things up, central tabulator. But what they were doing, as the grand jury found out in Santa Cruz County, was that there's a USB drive, you know, you've seen these little thumb drives. They, they, the election official would take it out of the central tabulator computer, and then they would take that thumb drive and plug it in uh, to a computer that was online so they could report every few hours the results. So you take the results, put them online, but then they would take that thumb drive and they would put it back into the central tabulator. A virus could have been downloaded to that thumb drive, and then that virus on that thumb drive could have been transported right to the central tabulator and changed results. If there's training on computer security protocols, this, these types of things wouldn't happen. These vulnerabilities wouldn't exist. But still, there are experts and experts above experts that still find these problems. Um, computer programmers get it real quick. They get this problem. And my gut feeling is, is as long as we are able to continue our republic, a younger generation that understands computers, I mean, look at the percentage of computer programmers we have now as an industry. They're not in political power yet. But in 10, 12 years, they're going to say, I don't like these machines. They've got to get rid of them because they have the knowledge and the ability to ask the right questions and see the vulnerabilities. So eventually, um, we're going to be able to get rid of these machines. How many more years is it going to take? How much more evidence do we have to produce? Does anyone in the audience have that's a question? question? I mean, that's, I mean that, that, that's a very, you know, good question. But, I mean, look how long it's been going on. And I think, you know, 2020 really opened up the eyes of people. And I think it's something, you know, where the Democrats don't lose the House and the Senate. And, of course, it's 2024 where somehow a Democrat's able to, you know, you know win, quote, unquote, win the election 2024. I mean, I think there'd be no no shadow of a doubt, pretty much anyone, perhaps even Democrats, uh, that that the system's rigged. Now, of course, they'll come up with the monkeypox or the COVID again once the elections come up, so they can you know stuff the ballot boxes again. Um, but as to your question, Kelly, uh, I mean, who knows? I mean, you don't even have the the, the so-called conservative, the big media talking about this that much anymore. They're just like, oh well, let's go go over to the uh, you know the next election as if you know there's nothing to be seen anymore about you know what happened in 2020 and still happens today. May I interject a uh, uh, a little factoid here? Of course. When we were talking about that Chatham County grand jury back in July 29th of 71. Uh, Eight, uh, 1791. I would like to point out that that election was held in January. By July the 29th, that grand jury issued its presentment. And from the January date until the new representative, horse and buggy days, And here we are today, coming up on two years, and we still 
don't have a reasonable perception of the truth about that presidential election cycle. Now, that is disgusting. They took well, again, care of that's because, you know, the, 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 big, the big medias are just not covering it. And even your, you know, now, you know, Newsmax talks about it, you know, every once in a while and, and OAN. Of course, you know, see how places like DirecTV and uh, other places, you know, it's trying to censor them by taking them off their list. I mean, I had uh, DirecTV uh, and, and had it for 24 years, but once they got rid of AON, I dropped, you know, dropped AON, I dropped them. Um, so but, but that, that's what's happening. That, that, that's the guy that answers your question as to why more people are. I mean, unfortunately, people still fighting against, you know, this electric integrity are on the fringe right now. They're, it's not the mainstream. It should be, but it's not. I think well, you, you know, know it, it comes Well, it comes down to it, it comes down to the will. Why is it taking so long? 8 months, Chatham County, 1791 horse and buggy. It comes down to the will. There's a veteran that I ran into. He was in World War 2. He was on the well, beaches well, of Normandy. And all, yeah, for, for the for the other people who have uh, called in or just called in uh, you just push the one on your number dial if you'd like to get into the conversation. Uh, and then I'll get you to the green room, uh, get your name, and then we'll uh, get you in for your question or comment. Go ahead, Charlie. All right. So this is about the will, okay, a story about the will. So uh, from World War, this is many years ago, World War II, he was on the beaches of Normandy. He says, you know what? We got in in June, and we were done on in May, VE Day. What's going on with this war in Afghanistan, this war in Iraq? It's the will. Now, we look at the will. We have put man on the moon. We went to the Marianas Trench twice, okay? We got the technology. We just don't have the will. That's this right. might be the uh, election integrity statement of the year, but, and, and I'll, I'll just say it. Why would a state legislature change the election laws when they're benefiting from it? Why? Why would they change it? California, we're toast. And what I saw, again, and being a poll observer, the poll workers uh, are quickly um, – their belief is built up due to the brilliant, brilliant marketing of Dominion because they have all these plastic seals and they have a protocol and the machine comes, oh, the night before the election, sometimes three days before the election. And I walked up to a vote counting machine the day before the election with Officer Wichert. And so they take people through all these steps that if you didn't know any better, oh, look at all these security protocols. We've got these plastic seals, and when we break them, we put them into a plastic bag. We log each plastic seal, and we do a logic and accuracy test, and the ballots counted by the machines match the ballots that we counted, not the votes, just the physical ballots. So there's all this trickery involved to protect the black box, and we don't know what's going on there. We don't know who has access. It's beyond frustrating, and we got to get this straightened out or we could lose our country. Well, and again, I mean, with the what happened in 2020, um, I mean, again, I don't, I, just the very fact that it would have to be 
I mean, for the, the amount of fraud that happened in 2020, that happened again in 2022 or 2040, well, especially things being as they are. I mean, I can see the re- how the – and I do think it was stolen. I, I do think the election was stolen. Unfortunately, I think there was so much people convinced uh, by the media, uh, you know, about, you know, bad things about Trump. I mean, I, I, it's always, it never ceases to amaze me how – the guy elected president to take care of the corruption was somehow got a, a good percentage of the uh, population, you know, by the media to believe he was the one who was actually corrupt. You know, it's just it's unbelievable. But there, unfortunately, there was enough people convinced, you know, that COVID was his fault, you know, and that people dying of COVID because, of course, you know, they're putting those numbers out every. Notice they don't do that, and more people have died of COVID under the Biden administration. Than Trump's, but you don't see that daily ticker of death numbers anymore, do you? But boy, every single day, every day, uh, you know, when after COVID started, oh, here's some more numbers, more. They had like a ticker of how many people, you know, supposedly died of COVID every day. But they didn't do that during the uh, the Biden administration. So there wasn't enough people somehow convinced that it was, you know, you know, Trump's fault, the pandemic and all these Americans dying, you know, and making it Trump's fault, that it, it made the victory plausible. You know, it, it made it plausible that people can believe, oh, yeah, well, Biden won. I mean, look, look what happened with COVID and, and Trump. Um, but this time around, with everything going up against, you know, going against Biden and the Democrats, I mean, I don't think, I mean, if they did any level of, you know, stuff to make it, <clears throat> excuse me, for them for them to win, especially in twenty twenty four things keep as they are. I mean I mean who would believe it? <laughs> well, it it gets back to the point that the people are easily propagandized. Uh, anybody with a talent for uh craftily uh, artfully, craftily creating deceptive advocacy can lead a bunch of people just about anywhere they want to. And the people in this nation are just going to have to get... They're they're either going to have to stop believing anything other than a hard fact or tuck their tails and go home and be good little serfs. They're not free anymore. When when, When you can have your vote stolen... And it doesn't matter. The value of one vote is one. And everybody in the United States that has the right to vote has that value. So if one individual dumps a hundred false ballots into a voting box anywhere in the country, and when you have a presidential election cycle, every vote is diminished. Then you become the victim of a theft. Did any of you see 2,000 Mules by Dinesh D'Souza? Yeah. Yeah. D'Souza wisely got a panel together. Gorka was there and Dennis Prager. And before they saw the viewing of this, this panel was asked, what do you think about our election system and is everything fine? Dennis Prager's like, 
Oh yeah, it's fine. No big deal. I I think we're 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 good. Yeah, I like Dennis Prager, and he, he's a brilliant man and loves the Constitution, and you know. But this is his level of ignorance. He watched the documentary, and then they interviewed him afterwards. Gork got it right away. And Prager, he's like, oh, my, yeah, we have a problem here. So he had a change of heart with um, – he had a change of heart. He went to – yeah, he's now suspicious. Very good. We just have to keep getting the information out so that people can ask the right questions. They can be empowered by suspicion. We have the right to be suspicious. Law enforcement uses suspicion all the time to conduct their investigations. So why aren't we using suspicion to the full extent of our, our right and our ability? Confirm or deny the facts, get other information out, and then communicate. Okay. We just have to break this blind belief. 100% secure, 100% accurate. There's zero vulnerabilities. Have you examined these machines? Well, no. Then how are you saying that? Well, I believe so. Yeah, you believe. That's the problem. You don't have the facts. I've done an, a report about the vulnerabilities of machines in Siskiyou County, 60-plus pages. Supervisors read my report, and they were appreciative. And we'll see if our supervisors do some more good here for the people in this county. Because the county – the elections are run at the county level. Yes, there's state laws and secretary of state and all that, but and federal laws too. But I mean, I do see some um, some other callers that uh, called in. If you'd like to uh, chime in, have a question or comment, just push the one on your number dial. I'll get you to the green room, and we'll get you uh, into the program. Uh, again, just push the one on your number dial, and uh, I'll get you just your first name and you know where you're calling from, state, and then you know, we'll get you in for your comment or question. You could join our conversation. Go ahead, Kelly. So, although I don't think anything's bad happening here in Siskiyou County because we're small potatoes. We're only 45,000 people or larger than some of the eastern states like Rhode Island or Delaware, and we are very proud of our ninth new stoplight. But <laughs> people <laughs> but people should take care of their own backyard before poking around your neighbors. But I have learned an awful lot from getting involved locally. I had a wonderful uh, election official, Colleen Setzer, you're really wonderful and very open and very communicative, and she brought me in and let me go through the whole process as an observer. It was back in 2012, but she just didn't know what was going on under the nose. Uh, under her nose, she did not know the questions to ask. I sat down with her a number of times, and she she kind of didn't want to hear it, and she's since retired. But you know, we have to break the public in their ignorance. Yep, that's absolute. You know, one of the things that the people in this country, particularly in the state of Georgia, need to understand is that if you will take down your law books and you start flipping through page after page after page, you will not find any law on the books that requires any public officer to tell the truth in those words. Nowhere do you find that until you get to the oath of office of grand jurors and trial jurors. They are the only two entities 
in our law who are required to return a true verdict. The only two. And in both both cases, they're not government officials. They are our neighbors. Yeah. And the power they have for penalizing somebody for perjury is they swear them in. The grand jury foreman swears in a witness. They always swear them in. First thing done, you swear them in. In a jury trial, they're sworn in. And there are stiff penalties for perjury on the stand. Yep. Sure. I have to get going. I have someone I'd like to see. Um, Okay. Well, we do, uh, yeah, give it uh, one more uh, side here, though, Kelly. Um, No, I appreciate all your time and information. We certainly uh, appreciate you coming on. uh, Judge Nally for, you know, coming on to the program. Uh, We do have uh, some other callers give um, a last chance to be able to uh, chime in, whether they have a question or comment. Just put the one on your number dial, and we'll get on the get to the show if you want to speak with uh, Judge Nally. I mean, again, Judge, if you have time, uh, if yep. anyone's got any other questions or comments. Yes, sir. I'll take time. Okay. But in the meantime, uh, you know, until some people uh, want to chime in, show they want to chime in, uh, we are working, of course, uh, on other candidates. Uh, as this being an election season, we are uh, currently speaking with, uh, you know, a couple of people who you know, we're looking to have on to the show. Uh, we're also going to have uh, reached out to people from different organizations, uh, not not really political, but, you know, you know, politics can enter every, any sphere. <laughs> so uh, we could, of course, they'd be um, the benefactors of, of certain legislation that, that could get passed, but we'll talk about that if we get them on. Uh, but I do want to say, uh, don't see anyone who has uh, want to chime in yet. So let's give uh, an opportunity before you go, Kelly. Uh, if you want to do some, you know, some uh, your last, uh, what, you know, our final comments uh, while I get things loaded up here. And also remember, folks, uh, we are in our tenth year here at Bars Logic. If you'd like to see all the different guests we've had throughout the time, we've got most of uh, the guests that we've had on the website on the. Uh, special guest page, and that's uh, go to www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. That's uh, www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. You can see a list of uh, a lot of the guests that we, we've had on the show. But, Kelly, if you do want to do your closing comments, and then uh, uh, Judge Nally, uh, if you'd like to do some closing comments yourself. And, of course, anyone out there listening, whether you're listening live or if you're listening to the uh, recorded podcast, it certainly is appreciated if you share the link that you have. Uh, or that you can find here on Blog Talk Radio uh, to uh, other folks so they can get this important information. Because as I mentioned earlier, uh, you're not hearing a lot. This happened a lot on, you know, what we would call the big conservative media. They're, they're, they're just not really talking about it anymore. So these podcasts are pretty much the only way we're going to be able to get the information out to, you know, larger amounts of people. So, you know, as, as Kelly said, you know, we can roll up our sleeves and, and hopefully they get to work uh, to join us. But go ahead, Kelly, with your closing comments, and then Judge Nally, and then we'll uh, close things uh, out for this podcast uh, for this week. Go ahead, Kelly. Well, CISA has come out explaining that Dominion 
has vulnerabilities. I've been saying this for years. We have to break the public ignorance, hopefully as gently as we can, because some people, it's a hard paradigm shift for them to see. Houston, we have a problem. I'll close with this. Benjamin Franklin was at the Constitutional Convention when they were developing the Constitution. And a reporter asked him one day, caught him coming out, he says, what kind of government are you making? Benjamin Franklin replied, ma'am, a republic, if you can keep it. I yield. Well, I appreciate it, Kelly. Um, I'm sure we'll talk uh, much uh, off air as well. Uh, and uh want to go to you, uh, Judge Nally, uh, for your closing comments. Then we'll, we'll close things out for this evening. Go ahead, Judge. Thank you. And it is my hope that the people in this nation will put their uh, – I want to categorize it as stupid because it is. I might as well go ahead. Put their stupid partisan politics behind them. Understand that the day you turned 18 years of age, nobody told you. Nobody explained it to you. But on that day, you walked up to a table, slid out a chair, and took a seat at the board of directors of two of the largest corporations in the world, the United States of America and the state of your birth. Time that you started thinking and acting like a board member and not some dumb pork barrel politician. Thank you, and I'll yield. And I think I said I'm not I'm not quoting uh, Musk by any uh, stretch of the imagination, but I thought I seen him post. Uh, no, not Elon Musk. It was uh, he didn't post it. It was uh, a guy I was uh, listening to this weekend uh, from Alcor out there in Arizona, and you know he was like <laughs> he posted I think on Facebook. You know if, if you know Biden was a CEO, he would have been fired, or, or no one would have put this. Uh, you know, put up with this if uh, Biden was a CEO or something of that nature. Absolutely. Absolutely. You are absolutely. Yeah, no, I really appreciate you coming back on. Uh, I knew we had you on previously, and we certainly would welcome to have you back on again. Uh, so we'll just, uh, you know, keep in touch, and we appreciate you keeping up the fight for us. Because, yeah, I mean, uh, so, I mean, some things are coming out. I mean, you actually, if, if I may, because I want to bring this up. What are your thoughts about what happened? Because um, I think they came out with, because I, I, was, I was out of town, and then I was you know, busy this past week um, working on some, frankly, some, some personal matters here. Um, but through my understanding, it came down, um, oh, my gosh, the, the verdict for, and no, I'm not talking about the verdict for the, Johnny Depp and whoever that girl is. I'm not talking about that. Thank you. I, I, can't, believe, I can't believe how much attention people got from that. Uh, people paid attention. That, that's all it was. was. It was a diversionary tactic to, to keep the people in this nation entertained, not informed. Excuse me for interrupting. Oh, no, no. I, know. I certainly appreciate it, and I agree. And I'm trying to remember. Oh. The, the guy ha- actually had uh, one of the jurors on this guy's trial in D.C. Uh, his daughter and her daughter, one of the jurors, actually were on the same team. 
Um, and then some of them were Biden, uh, the jurors were, were Biden's. So what was that case from uh, about he lied to the – oh, my gosh, man, I have such a brain freeze. Uh, oh, lying, lying to the FBI and getting acquitted? I have a serious question about how much factual information that jury was allowed to have. Yeah, I'm trying to remember, who, who, I'm trying to remember his name. Help me out here, I, uh, Kelly. That, I, I, it's still terrible. I can't remember that. But That's all right. I don't remember it either. <laughs> well, see, you're busy, well, I've been still focused on things this then. But, uh, well, and, the, and one of the reasons why I didn't really pay much attention to it, because I already knew the outcome. I mean, I knew, especially what's here, who the jurors were. It's like, that, that's the thing that's discouraging to me. And I won't keep you guys too much longer because I know Kelly's got to get on that. But that's one of the things that's discouraging to me is you know, no, I don't think nothing's going to happen to any of these people. We're, we're just not going to see justice, unfortunately. I think the people who, you know, rigged the election or, you know, who tried to rig the election, I should say, in 20, uh, you know, 2016, and then who did in 2020, I, I just don't think uh, anyone's going to ever be held accountable. I just don't. Unfortunately, I don't think any of them. You know, I don't know if that's, you know, by design to keep us thinking that there's going to be justice, but there never is. I mean, you know, no one is ever held accountable for, you know, for for what they're doing. Probably correct in that assessment. But keep in mind, that assessment will only be good until such time as we are blessed in this nation with a fully informed grand jury. But you got to understand, in the toolbox that our founding fathers left us for the management of our government, the grand jury is the most powerful next to the Second Amendment. Now, if we lose the grand jury, or if our grand jurors consistently always fail to perform their duties, they swear that they will do, then the only two alternatives left is to tuck your tail and go home and be a good little peon and keep producing or turn around and take a death grip on the Second Amendment. That's your only two options left. I know. Well, I know, uh, yeah, speaking of the the Second Amendment, you know, I know – Adam Schiff you know, was tweeting tonight. You know, of course, they're talking about their so-called, you know, gun control laws that they're trying to. What, what's the name of the bill? Um, you know, supposedly protecting children. When you know, the funny thing is, is every time that the Democrats create a law, doesn't it seem like it's always something that you know it actually does the opposite of what they say it's going to do? <laughs> well, of course, but you've got to understand, it, it, the only way they're going to get people to buy into their scheme is to give it as pleasant or concerning of a uh, uh, varnish as possible. So if you want to get people on board, tell them, oh, we're protecting the children. Oh, we're protecting the aged. Oh, we're protecting the veterans. You know, make it sound good. Get out there and do your deceptive advocacy tricks and you'd be surprised how many people can be fooled i mean after all wasn't it pt barnum that said there's one born every day 
Well, unfortunately, that's, you know, I mean, I do think so. I mean, that's true, but I do think more and more people are, or at least I hope, uh, are, are, are waking up. Now, I did see somebody on Twitter earlier tonight say that she'd still vote for Biden, and I'm like, why, well, you, you know, she's got four kids. Why you'd want to do for your, your kids? Because if this thing, uh, um, you know, keeps up, our children's standard of living is not going to be as good as we had it if things keep up the way they are now. Well, you know, maybe she can afford $5 a gallon gas and not worry about it. And that may not affect her standard of living at all. Or she doesn't have minor children that need the canned formula. So, you know, if that yeah. doesn't affect her, then I can understand why she would want to vote that way. But what bothers me is is the mentality of the Democrats Jesus Christ, I mean, I can remember admiring the daylights out of John F. Kennedy and Robert F. Kennedy. Uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, that's the last two decent Democrats this nation ever had. Why can't somebody like that come forward in the Democrat Party? Why do we have to be saddled with idiot symbols and morons that somehow manage to play the political game? long enough to rise to the level of their maximum inefficiency. The Peter principle is working overtime in this nation. Well, Manchin, Manchin seems to be one of the few Democrats that might have a level head on a shoulder. Now, I don't know for Manchin, though, I don't know if it's more about him being, you know, a level-headed moderate Democrat than it is he's, don't, he's afraid he's not going to get reelected. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, you know, West Virginia. Oh, well. Well, well again, no, I certainly, no, I certainly appreciate uh, you coming on tonight. Um, you're most welcome. And then, and I, uh, we'll tell, and I, I guess I'll just go ahead and turn off the uh, phone, right? Yeah, well, uh, we'll just, yeah, we can just hang up. Um, it, it'll just hang up after we log off uh, for the show tonight. But no, certainly, folks, I do appreciate you coming on. Uh, you know, check, uh, you're welcome to follow uh, us here on Bard's Logic. Uh, there's a follow button here on uh, Blog Talk Radio uh, that I'll use uh, to follow the show. And then what you'll do is we'll just get an email uh, just once a week, you know, when I post. Sometimes I'll do special episodes. Uh, just to inform you, you know, that the, the show is coming on. Also, again, check out the website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Uh, but I will end this episode as I do uh, the others, and that is with uh, the song by Aubrey Ashford. I do appreciate uh, everyone coming on, and we will see you next time. And have a good night. And again, thanks again. Good night, young man.
With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.